Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very interesting show here today. today. Let's broaden our minds. I want a cheeseburger. I want a milkshake. I want tater chips. Arts and entertainment. You like it? There is an academic type of word I can apply. Verisimilitude. Holy moly. I'm hot today. It is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment here on WMAY. I'm your host, Kevin Hart. Happy New Year. I hope you guys all had a good holiday season. we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking with Rachel Douglas, friend of mine. She is also one of the actresses in Minimum Wage, a sitcom that was written and produced here in Springfield. going to have a little bit of a best of of Way Out Wednesdays after that, then a little bit of Sheila Walk from the Springfield Area Arts Council. After news, we'll be talking with Gus Gordon, State of the Arts, sort of wrapping up some of the things going around, going on, I should say, around uh, around the town, around the country. And then after that, we are going to have Bottom of the Bargain Bin with Hannibal Rising, the story of how Hannibal Lecter came to be Hannibal the Cannibal. It's all coming up, but here is Rachel Douglas. Minimum Wage, a sitcom written, produced, and performed right here in Springfield. And you'll be able to watch it tonight uh, through any sort of uh, different of virtual means, whether that be through YouTube or over the Facebook page. And I am talking with uh, one of my good friends, one of the performers in this sitcom, Rachel Douglas. How are you doing, Hi. Rachel? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So uh, tell me about the role you play in Minimum Wage and uh, just about where um, we've left off at episode one. Um, I play Samantha, which she is the lead barista in Minimum Wage. And I'm trying to think how episode one left off. It left off um, with, I'm trying to think how, it was just pretty much the end of like getting to know, knowing everybody and getting to know everybody in the, in the right, show. It was, it was like the first, the first day on the job for, um, for, I believe Ben is the character, yes. right? Yes. The it's, first it's, day on the job for Ben. So, so yeah. So then, uh, so this next episode, this is a Christmas themed episode. Uh, and, um, one of the, uh, and I know there's a, there's a big guest appearance in the show as well. So, uh, what, um, can you reveal about this episode that will be premiering very soon? Um, Joe Crane is in the mm-hmm. episode. We can reveal that. So Joe Crane <laughs> will be our, our guest character in this show. Um, and also you get to meet Samantha's boyfriend, Zach in this episode as well, which I know he was mentioned in the first episode, but you didn't get to see him. So you will get to mm-hmm. actually see Zach and get to know him a little bit in this next episode. All right. Now, we talked a little bit about this off air, but you have not seen this episode. In fact, I don't think anybody aside from those editing it have seen this episode yet, right? That is correct. We've seen like 15 second clips, I think like three 15 second clips, and that is it. So we really, I mean, we have an idea of what's happening because right. we were there during the filming, but we have not seen it all the way through. I think the only person who has is probably um, Brandon. Right. So are you guys doing, you guys had a similar event uh, for, the, for the premiere of the show where you guys all got together and watched it in person. Are you doing something uh, similar for this one? I'm socially distanced, of course. Yes, we are doing something similar, just not as um, big. It's just going to be right. a small get together, socially distanced at um, 217 Studios. Nice. Now, 
how how has it been uh working on this show how has it been filming it because i know especially uh you know talk a little bit about the social distancing there it's got to be interesting uh shooting a tv show where it's they're not like i i don't know of course what happens in episode two but they're really not in like a pandemic in this tv show it is mainly like I guess would have happened before all this happened or after or something. So um, how was it, how have it, has it been behind the scenes uh, making sure everything's all, all good to go in that, in that sort of way. So behind the scenes, everybody has to have a mask on unless you are visible on camera. And unless your face is visible on camera, you have to have a mm-hmm. mask on. So Brandon's been pretty adamant about that. So he's been really good with socially distancing everybody and making sure that everybody remains safe. But when you're on camera, you do have a mask off. Um, They do take temperatures right at the beginning of every filming. Um, And if new people come in partway through, they take their temperature, ask them all the generic questions and everything just to make sure everyone is safe. Good. And are you guys... I know we haven't seen the episode yet, so you're still um, still, uh, excited to see the next episode. But... In episode three or any episodes going forward, have you guys uh, started talking about that? Have you even started shooting any of that? Or um, what What are the plans going forward for minimum wage that you know of? I honestly, I have no idea. I've only seen the script for episode one and episode two. None of us have seen the script for any of the next episodes. Only Brandon knows what's going to be happening. We kind of have ideas on characters and what's going to be happening between certain characters but other than that, I I don't even know what the titles of the episodes are. All right. Well, um, it'll be interesting to see. And of course, that next episode is premiering tonight. Um, expecting to see a lot of a lot of funny moments. The um, that first episode there. Um, anybody who has ever worked in retail or has dealt with a public when their job or anything like that. We'll have a, a lot of moments that w- watching this, I can gather that um, you'll say, oh, this almost exactly happened to me. A lot of different, I know I did a couple of, couple of, of jobs I've had. I, I watched this and said, oh yeah, that's kind of how it is. You know? So uh, this, so what do you hope people will, uh, will get out of watching this episode tonight? I really hope they're going to get more laughs uh, based on the scripts and reading through the script and filming this episode. Um, it is a Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. So you, it's kind of like Christmas was a few days ago. So now we're going to get to enjoy Christmas all over again, but in a fun way and in a funny way, there are tons of new jokes and uh, new characters coming in and just a bunch of um, just funny moments that I think are going to get a lot of people to laugh even more than what they did in the first episode. Great. Well, that's awesome. So it is the day after Christmas back to work. You know, it's, it's, you know, tonight you want to just go home and decompress and have a couple of laughs and watch this next episode of minimum wage. Rachel, how are people going to be able to watch the next episode of minimum wage? So there are two ways you can watch it. It is going, it's going to be streaming on YouTube, and I know you can get to our YouTube channel through our Facebook page. It is minimum wage dash the sitcom. I'm not sure if it's streaming directly on Facebook through YouTube, but I know for sure that it is going to be streaming directly on YouTube starting at 7 p.m. tonight, Central Time. Cool. Well, make sure that you head on over to their Facebook page and or their YouTube page 
and make sure that you catch the next episode of Minimum Wage, their Christmas episode. That's episode two. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me. This was fun and excited to see the next episode tonight. Yes, thank you for having me. It was really fun. A little bit from Sheila Walk. So we we want this to be completely accessible to anyone who wants to see it. Um, it will be on New Year's Eve, December 31st. We'll begin at 8 o'clock p.m. and then wrap up with fireworks as we approach the midnight hour and the dawning of a newer, brighter year, 2021. So not only is this virtual for the first time, but also to increase the celebration, First Night Springfield has linked up with First Night Monterey in Mm. California and First Night St. Petersburg in Florida so that we can bring you celebrations from three different time zones. With the magic of Brian and Karen at Crowdson Creative, we're going to link all of these performances into one smooth, entertaining show. And that show will be hosted by local favorite actress, Asne Daniels. Wonderful. That's awesome. So uh, in, in connecting with these other uh, the, these other first nights, both in California and in Florida, how are they going to be integrated into the program? I'm uploading videos that have been professionally recorded from uh, both St. Petersburg and Monterey, also sending them Springfield's talent so that um, we all are doing a different show with our own local flavor, but they all will include episodes, if you will, from all three cities. Nice. That is that is really cool. And there's it is. It's unique. I um I'm excited about doing it. It's been fun for me to talk with first night organizers in other cities around the country. Um there are about thirty-four that still hold to the first night tradition. Uh, and we're the three who decided to 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 do it together, if you will. And um not only will there be performances, but there'll also be some child friendly um visual arts that they can that they can do. A celebration hat will come out of Monterey mm. and rock painting will come out of St. Petersburg. And here in Springfield, this coming Saturday, the day after Christmas, we're going to give away art kits that people can take home and make and then photograph and um, put it up on social media with the hashtag KidsArtsSAAC. And then we'll share that widely and choose uh, the best to get a little art-themed prize. I'm going to take a short break and we're going to come back with Way Out Wednesday. Yes, which brings us to our next person. Boy, boy howdy. You know something. <laughs> now, for this story, sensitive ears, what we're actually okay. saying uh, isn't bad. But no. It, but, but it took me 
a while to realize. I actually had to click on a link of what WAP meant. It's Yeah, and we, we can't repeat it. Uh, no, we really can't, <laughs> unless you're giving a cat a bath. Um, so <laughs> Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, they're, they're a couple of hip-hop artists. Yeah. Uh, it's a very popular song. And some people, as with anything, there's going to be some people find objectionable there's, lyrics. There's there's some there's some pearl oh, clutchers here, yeah. uh, you know. W- one of them being conservative, conservative, conservative commentator uh, and uh, writer for the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro, who uh, was just absolutely beside himself that the song about sex is sexually explicit. Um, he went on a tirade on his radio show and. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. Okay. Well, what were you going to say? I was going to say, did, has no one ever heard of, like, Two Live Crew? Has no I mean, one heard of any song, like, ever? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, there's a lot of latently sexual overtones in music. Like, Billy Squire. Mm. Um, I mean, come on. I yeah. think we all know what that one song means. <laughs> Let's face yeah. facts. So, yes. Or Dancing With Myself. Of course. <laughs> well, so. Mm-hmm. yeah. So... So anyway, Shapiro's so, upset. So, so Shapiro is very upset, and he went on this tirade on his show where he read the lyrics out loud and censored them so we can play this for you, and he censored them in, the, in a very, like, like a, like a 15-year-old, not even, maybe like a 5-year-old way if, if they told him I, you can't say this word. I'm interested to hear just a snippet of this, because then he did it with no background music, he did right? it with He did it with no background music and originally. so then someone took the WAP song and put that... Underneath Put it Ben underneath. Shapiro reading the list. So, mind you, this is a professional musician, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, with the original version. Here is a news talk guy reading rap lyrics over the rap beat. And this wh- should be great. And while he does censor out some of the words again, this is, yes, a very explicit song. So, you know, we'll give you a couple seconds to uh, stop. That's good enough. Here we go. Here's Ben Shapiro rapping. Wap. Wap. Here's some lyrics. You ready? I mark he is. Horses in this house. There's some horses in this house. There's some horses in this house. There's some horses in this house. I said certified freak. Seven days a week. Wet ass P word. Make that pull out. Oh, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. <laughs> okay, stop I think, it. <laughs> I, th- I think we've heard enough. We got the idea. We got the idea. Uh, but I love how he's offended by the last word, but he lets the A word in there. He I, does. It would have been funnier if he's got, I got a wet A word, P word. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's like, I can't. it's just so, uh, like, like completely, because Ben Shapiro, he does this like, completely devoid of hyperbole. Does not, un, like, because this is what, he goes on Twitter to, you know, instead of saying, well, I guess I just, you know, the song's not for, not me, for me, or whatever. He, he goes on, he, he goes on later in this clip to talk about, you know, this is what feminism has led to, and oh all this, gosh. blah, blah, blah. And so he goes on, he goes on Twitter. Now again, I, I must say, he doesn't say any swear words in here, but this is kind of an, uh, a little bit of an explicit tweet. But we're sharing it for you, the people, to hear. Okay. It's amazing. So he says, I'll, I'll do it in his voice. Also, as I discussed on the show, my only real concern is that women involved, who, <laughs> I can't do this, who apparently require a bucket and a mop, get the medical care they require. My doctor wife's differential diagnosis, and he goes on, and it's yeah, we like, don't need to hear any we don't need that. to hear any more of that. Bas- <laughs> take that tweet how you will, because it's, uh, our. <laughs> If it's not ben for you, Shapiro, it's not, it's for, not you. for you. So please, you know, he, he... But I but I hope he, in real life, censors himself as well and call, when he says the P word, he just says P word. Yes. I, ho- I, I hope that... that I hope that, that is happen. a common occurrence. 
One of my favorite segments we like to do uh, from time to time is there are these botched art restorations. Oh, yeah, those are I love these so priceless. much. So much. They got the, the, the Jesus that looks like a monkey. Um, <laughs> yes. They keep... Well, they keep messing up the Virgin Mary every time they try to restore. So, so now they have a statue. My, okay. my question is this, though. Why do they keep allowing people who aren't artists to touch these rare artifacts up? Because this one is great. This one is great. Because, like, I, I'm, there's a lot of things I can do. Art is not one of them. Same and here. if I was tasked with trying to restore a piece of art like that, I know I wouldn't be able to do a great job at no, it. No, no. And I'm not a sculptor, so I wouldn't be able to do that with a, uh, uh, with a statue. But apparently... That just wasn't a problem for they said we're gonna hire whoever we want to to do this statue. Me, I'll do it. I'll do. It. Well, that's you got the Joe. You're probably better than this person because if we show the picture here of oh, this, uh, yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, oh look. no, Mr. Bill. <laughs> that's what that looks like. If you have the picture still up, that's what that looks like. It looks like Mr. Bill's animator did the replacement of the statue. Or like the uh, there was a there was a Cyclops movie where. The, the Cyclops just had one eye and it was like just drooped down. That's what this reminds me. Like, how do you, how do you mess up this so badly? Yes. It has it, it. The eyes are all over here and it's 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 like not even connect. I mean, it looks it looks like a cartoon or like the a mouth Picasso. is what gets me more than the eyes. Even just ooh, ooh. I'm shocked at everything. It's like I just saw. What did you do to me? Exactly. Snap. Snap. Got it. Yeah, we got it. You know, Home Alone's turning 30 this year. Might as well do the Kevin McAllister thing. Oh! And uh, some of their flavors, to give them the send-off, Ben & Jerry's has a flavor graveyard. Yeah, they've had that for years. They have. They, and I, I love that about Ben & Jerry's is when they realize, like, hey, this was a good idea in theory, but it only hit a certain amount of our crowd. Let's retire and give it a nice little gravestone. Although, Ben & Jerry, if you're listening... Bring back the damn key lime pie ice cream. Oh, my God. That was amazing. I bet. I Resurrect bet. that. Let that be the zombie apocalypse flavor of 2020. Bring it back from the dead, you SOPs. I wish, I wish they would. They, and they got, an interesting, they got an interesting setup here. They got the, uh, you know, people are, I mean, really, and, and as we're seeing how passionate we are about our different flavors here, as people should, they're going with flowers. Uh, one of the, uh, oh, yeah, you, you this, what out, a right? cluster. They're putting marshmallows and stuff all over the Site. If you're missing one a bunch, pay your respects. In fact, if I remember in Vermont, I'm bringing some key limes just to put at the Sometimes foot of you the don't key. always get what you pay for. Case in point, we have uh, this gentleman who on the McDonald's app was, uh, according to his wife, it was some type of chicken sandwich. This was over, I believe, in Europe. Okay. And he unselected one too many things. And when his Uber Eats showed up with his McDonald's that he had been craving... The only thing inside the carton was just some ketchup. <laughs> I hope we have a close-up. Maybe we can put the picture oh, of, yeah. this, of well, this disappointed dude. We got the picture up here. He's uh... um, Okay, here's the thing. I'm a picky eater as well, but it's pretty easy to pick some of the stuff off. Yeah. What, how much, what are you ordering when you have to take that? Like, I want a quarter pounder of cheese with no cheese, no bun, no tomato, no quarter pounder, make it a half pound, and I want it served medium well. <laughs> you You're know, going to McDonald's. For being in Europe, he's quite American for saying, I don't want the salad on top of it. Don't order the, t well, or, or, or like an adult, like anyone else, pick the toppings off. Right, exactly. Just dump, <laughs> just dump the lettuce off of it, you ding dong. Gonna break for news and gonna come back. Back with State of the Arts.
Yes, yes, we do. And uh, we'll just jump right into that. First night uh, is virtual this year, as many other things are. There were a couple different ways people were able to uh, participate. They, of course, had the the kits, the arts kits that you could pick up uh, over the weekend. And then the performances are this night, uh, this uh, tonight. I, this night, uh, first night, and uh, all the there's all sorts of different performances from all around the country. Right. We of course have the uh, performers locally, but there are some performers also from California and Florida. So it is a literally like across the country, uh, different performers that will be performing in this first night tonight. Seriously, there are performers from St. Petersburg, Florida, and Monterey, California, and they're interspersed throughout the night. I'm looking at the schedule right now, and it goes from 8 o'clock until midnight. Very cool. You can watch, um, I guess, on Facebook, YouTube, or on Vimeo. And you go to the Springfield uh, Arts Council website, springfieldartsco.org, and they can uh, give you a link to watch the show and um, give you more information about the event for tonight's festivities. It'll be capped off at midnight with fireworks. So how cool is that? Yeah, you'll be able to watch those fireworks. Uh, usually, with some fireworks going off downtown and well everywhere, right? As we all know, I'll go as my dogs can tell you, the fireworks are always going off. But uh, you know, yeah, they they're um, they'll have that, so you can watch it virtually. It'll of course be free of charge, as a lot of the most performances. Uh, in first night are free, and this, these, of course, will be you can free. You can uh, watch them, and yes, that'll be at eight tonight. Uh, there are some other things you'll be able to stream. Now, this is uh, it, it, we're starting to get into the final days of being able to stream some of our local shows here in Springfield. Right. I know that uh, Songs for New World is still going to be up till I believe the tenth, but a couple right. of the more recent shows that uh, you've done, uh, Christmas Carol, Dual Piano, um, a couple others like STC's Santa's Workshop, Got Talent, those are going to be leaving the Showtix streaming uh, next week. Well, tomorrow actually, tomorrow's the last day to yeah. watch those two shows. We um we only can't, we only had ours till December or excuse me January first, so you can watch it till midnight tomorrow night but um yeah they're both one hour each just be aware of that don't start like at eleven fifty nine because yeah. then it shut off on you so you know watch earlier in the evening but uh, you still have another day and a half to watch those we still have people popping in every day to buy a ticket so that's been awfully cool and um you know enjoying christmas music a week after christmas that's not bad we figured until new year's day that was a safe time to present all those kind of things yeah so, yeah, so those will be available uh, just until tomorrow for a couple of them. And then a few of them, you still have a couple of days to watch. But make sure you buy those tickets, support the arts and watch some wonderful local talent. Um, and uh, and with we the have the Springfield Theater Center production of Santa's Workshop's Got Talent. Yeah, um, it was really cute. I watched that a couple of weeks ago and really enjoyed it. And then oh, yeah. yesterday, my wife and I watched through Clara's eyes which was um, with the Springfield Ballet Company, of course. What an incredible yes. history of a very professional local institution, really informative, really entertaining, and very, very professional. So I really encourage oh, that. Yeah. I think you can watch that. I forget the cutoff on that, but it'll be coming up pretty soon too. But that I, is most def definitely worth watching. Yeah, I think it's this coming Monday for Through Clara's Eyes. But yeah, I watched that too, and that was... Um, yeah, Storyteller Studios put that together. They really, 
did such a good job putting it together. The interviews were great. Uh, all the, you know, archival footage and the history. I mean, there's, you know, so much history with just, you know, the Nutcracker in Springfield, the role of Clara and just all, all the different productions, you know. And of course, we know how shows go backstage because we've been in shows, worked on shows. But, you know, there's even things with the ballets. I'm like, wow, this is some of this, you know, I don't. You know, didn't know some of this stuff went on backstage. So it really is. It is such an informative and such a cool, well put together right. documentary that you know, um, the ballet company, Kevin, puts on some of the most professional productions in the area. They yeah. um, it's like you're in Chicago almost the, the tech, yeah. the, the quality of the dancers. These young ladies who are local do a fantastic job. And when they bring in the guest artist from other cities, frequently you can't tell the difference between the professional artist and then our local young people who are participating, they're yeah. that good. And uh, I frequently say that the ballet company puts on one of the best shows in town, period. Musical, play, whatever. It's a ballet, of course, but they just really do a professional job with that, which is really neat to see. And great for all those young performers to have that kind of experience. Oh, yeah. And that and and through Clara's eyes is so great that you'll be able to watch it this year. And um, with uh, how the vaccine is going and how everything's going, you know, knock on wood, I think we'll be able to have many productions later this coming year. And right. hopefully that will be one of them, of course. Yeah, um, I was just but, looking at I, the latest and Dr. Fauci was saying that it looks like we'll begin to have a season in the fall. Of 2021. Yeah. So we'll break out of our cocoon probably in the spring or summer, but then be able to bring people back inside for productions, maybe August, September, October of this year. So, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel, which is something we all have to just keep, you know, getting ready for. Yes, because nobody, nobody, nobody could have predicted how this year went at all we were both working on a show uh in march into the woods which we were able to preserve the last rehearsal but did not get to go on and it, you know it's it's really unfortunate there were so many shows that you know their opening weekend was that weekend that we had to right. close everything down nobody got to see so many shows so many shows have been delayed but uh it, yeah there is hope these next couple of months, next half a year, it's, you know, more and more things are going to be opening back up. There will be more opportunities right. for shows to uh, to be, you know, we love we have loved watching and um, helping out with shows uh, that have been performed virtually. But, you know, those those huge, you know, like a, like a nutcracker or a, a huge like Hello Dolly sort of show that has like 50 people on stage, a large orchestra. I mean, you know, it'll be so great. You know, we will see shows like that again. Uh, but, you know, and just any shows in general to go see and just sitting oh, down right. in a theater, even seeing movies in the theater. I mean, that's something we haven't been able to do for so long. Yeah. And it's, you know, just I think being out and, you know, the and the community, just the community aspect of community theater, you know, the different people that you would see every day, whether it's at rehearsals or uh, downtown somewhere. I mean, it, you know, it, it's just one of those things It's we miss it so much and we're so close to getting back there. But it's uh you know, right. we, we, we just have to continue to be smart about wearing our masks and social distancing just for a couple more months, and we'll be able to get to that point. I agree with you. Um, my wife and I just watched uh, Wonder Woman 84 on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I enjoyed it. I know it wasn't as good as the first one, but there was still plenty to like about it. 
but that's the kind of thing you need to see on a big screen. Yeah. And I'll drive by um, show place cinemas and look in the parking lot. When you don't see anyone there, it's just depressing. Or maybe there's yeah. one car, probably a maintenance worker who's keeping the building operating and yeah. you know, running water through the pipes, things like that. But gosh, we need people back in the seats, back in, you know, inside enjoying things. So hopefully sooner than later. Yes, absolutely. Hopefully sooner than later. And we will get there. It will, as we've been saying, this too shall pass. Exactly. We'll get there, but um, it's going to take some time. You know, um, interesting thing, though, on first night in years past, we would be all preparing to get out, maybe perform or go out to a party or go downtown to enjoy first night at the Hoagland and all the other places. Um, this just came in, though, from your studio. There is an ice storm warning for New Year's Day from 3 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. Up to a half an inch of ice with one inch of snow possible. So, you know, there are some things to be said for staying indoors. Yeah. The pandemic is forcing more people to stay in their houses. And then this year it might be a good idea, it looks like. That just yeah. uh, That warning just came up as we were talking and I saw that. And it's like, wow, that's, you know, maybe this is a good year to stay inside on New Year's Eve. Maybe. Yeah. It's, you know, there's, there's been some cold years. We've gone out and oh first night God, and yeah. festivities out, uh, out at bars and parties and everything. It's, you know, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's maybe good that we're staying in tonight because I've had, I've driven back one time I drove back from Carbondale and it was, I had to stay at a hotel because the roads are so bad. So I hate yeah. driving on ice. Uh, so anytime I, I can like not be driving out on the ice is great. And I don't, you know, like doing yeah. it that much. But uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. But there is there is some uh, some positives that have come out of. I mean, there's many positives in the in the arts that have come out of uh, the quarantine. But one of them, which started off as a joke, pretty much a meme on TikTok, was this musical version of the movie Ratatouille, uh, which was uh, which was a lot of a bunch of teens on TikTok put this together, and they were they're writing original songs, there were set designs, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And then you had Broadway actors like Kevin Chamberlain was getting involved with it, and now. Uh, this musical that was written uh, just for fun it, during the quarantine on TikTok is now going to be this professionally produced show uh, that eventually will be getting on stage at some point. I think it, in in the meantime, it's going to be a stream production. But you know that this is going to become a big stage production at some point. I think that's so cool that that came to fruition in the past well, couple of months. What a great cast they have in this. A lot of Broadway talent, a lot of television talent. Now, how do you watch this, Kevin? I'm a, I'm an old guy, so I don't know how to watch <laughs> things on TikTok. Will it be Will it be streamed anywhere else besides TikTok? Ratatouzical, um, which is going to be streamed through. Oh, let me pull it up here because they even have a website for it. Ratatouzical.com, um, and it uh, it begins tomorrow. By the way, actually, okay. did not know it begins tomorrow, but yeah, uh, you can get your tickets, and it's. Uh, it's called Today Ticks, the website. So I think it's probably similar to Show Ticks. But that's so I think it's a similar website to Show Ticks for you uh, to watch uh, Ratatouille, the TikTok musical, a one time streaming event to benefit the Actors Fund. So that that came to fruition as, as a uh, as a big a big show. That's really cool. That's how you'll be able to watch that. We've um, uncovered new ways to create, not just with the the pandemic, but even before that. You know, so many current stars and celebrities became famous on YouTube, 
or even on Facebook or Instagram. So it's fascinating to see that there are new ways for entertainment to be developed and then to be disseminated to the public. So um, you got to embrace it or you'll get left behind, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, but it's, yeah, that's, that's how some people are, uh, yeah, there are so many people, I mean, there are movie stars, there are, um, I mean, you know, Carly Rae Jepsen wrote that song, um, Call Me Maybe, and, you know, everybody, like, laughed about it, ha, 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 but she starred in Cinderella on Broadway and in, uh, and in the the uh, the the NBC's Grease Live. I think she played Frenchie in that. So, I mean, that's how, I mean, you know, that's one of these, that and TikTok, I mean, these are the ways people are able to uh, get noticed and all sorts of, especially in, especially this with Ratatouille the musical, which just came right. out of uh, just brainstorming different ideas and, you know, stringing them together to create a show. And that's, I guess, what would happen under, you know, normal circumstances with a book and paper, you know, sitting at a piano, but, and that's what some of them did, but it, it's, it, you know, that that's a new way that it came together. Right. Right. No, it'll be exciting. So I think that's, Super cool. So that is happening uh, tomorrow. But of course, tonight you have First Night, which starts at 8 o'clock, and you can watch it at springfieldartsco.org and of course on their Facebook page. And then don't forget, uh, if you have some time before then, um, you can also watch A Christmas Carol and Dual Piano until tomorrow. Then Through Claire's Eyes, uh, The Spirit of Lincoln, and Santa's Workshop's Got Talent until about next week. Um, it has been a crazy year, but we got through it and things are looking up, I believe, this next yeah. year. So, Gus, thank you so much for joining me. Um, sure. And we will do this again going into the new year. Thank God we're saying goodbye to 2020. <laughs> yep. That's how I feel, too. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, you have a happy new year, Gus, and I will talk to you in 2021. All right, Kevin. Thanks very much. Happy New Year. We'll take a short break and come back with Hannibal Rising. It's time for Bottom of the Bargain Bin with Kevin Hart. <laughs> Welcome back to Bottom of the Bargain Bin. I'm your host, Kevin Hart. Now, recently, I have been watching the TV show Hannibal. It's about the origin story of Hannibal Lecter, the villain of Silence of the Lambs, and also Manhunter or Red Dragon, if you saw that movie from the 1980s. Thomas Harris wrote these books, the uh, Hannibal Lecter stories, first starting off, of course, with Red Dragon, then Silence of the Lambs, then a book called Hannibal, and then Hannibal Rising in 2006 was Hannibal Lecter's origin story, which was made mainly because the rights to Hannibal Lecter's origin story were going away, and the original writer said, listen, I want to take care of this myself. May not agree with the result, but he is the one writing the origin story, so that counts for something. Now, a couple months ago, I reviewed Ratched, the Nurse Ratched origin story TV show on Netflix. I did not like that show very much. Uh, and one of my big things was, who cares about Nurse Ratched's origin story? Because I certainly didn't, and I thought she was the most boring part of that story. So, you may be wondering why I'm so interested in this Hannibal Lecter TV show. 
because it's about the same thing. You're thinking, well, why does this villain story even matter? Something like this. You're thinking maybe something like The Phantom Menace with the prequels to Star Wars. Now, I got to say, with Hannibal, I think the TV show is fabulous. I think it is an amazing, amazing expansion of the characters and of the stories. It takes place in modern times, but it also sort of interweaves a lot of the books together. One of the books being the prequel, Hannibal Rising. And this is a movie I always sort of just... Uh, I just sort of did away with it. I said, I didn't, yeah, I don't really care about this. Who cares? This is a terrible movie anyways. I kind of wrote it off. I only watched about half of it uh, a couple, you know, I guess I guess over 10 years ago now. I really only watched a little bit of it, and so I would just always talk smack on it all the time. Just, oh, this sucks, and I hate it. Uh, but uh, upon watching this TV show, there's an interesting storyline with some characters from that original novel and the movie. And so I thought to myself, hmm, maybe I'll rewatch this and give it a second chance and see what I think. Now, I am just going to right off the bat say uh, this is probably the worst of the Hannibal Lecter movies, but that does not mean that it's bad, necessarily. Um, I, I really, I think a lot of people will look at that 16% on Rotten Tomatoes and say this movie sucks and completely write it off. But when you have the context of the characters in the story, and unlike Ratched, knowing that this was written by the original author of the books, and was also the movie was made by the same company, produced by the same person as the other movies, then then you say, okay, this this maybe has something going for it. So Hannibal Lecter's origin is that he and his family are living at this point at the beginning of the movie in World War II. Uh, his parents die after a tank explodes in front of their house or their hunting lodge, basically where they live, where they escaped from after they lived in Lecter Castle in Lithuania. They escape uh, to this hunting lodge, and then the his sister Misha, he loves, of course, his little sister Misha, uh, he is left with her taking care of her, and then these Nazis come, and they use the hunting lodge as their own place to stay, and they run out of food, and they decide that they're going to kill and eat the kids. The only one they actually kill is the little girl, Misha, which you'll see right here. Wait. Or die. So then when that happens, it cuts to several years later. Hannibal Lecter is now at an orphanage where the castle used to be, so he knows some of the ins and outs, how to get in and out of places uh, a little bit. But he's kind of a, a delinquent. By kind of, I mean he's really out there. Of course, he's traumatized by the death of his sister, the fact that they ate her. Uh, he attacks this bully, and they throw him in a dungeon, uh, and... So he eventually escapes, and he goes to live with his aunt. Her name is Lady Marisaki. And by the way, the actor who plays Hannibal Lecter once he's a little older, uh, his name is Gaspard Uliel. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. 
He plays the young Hannibal Lecter. He goes to live with his aunt, Lady Marasaki. And it is there where he starts to try to remember the men who killed Misha because he is starting to get accustomed with uh, with this... Um, he, there are all these samurai swords, and he's, he's learning how to fight, and he's also... He wants revenge. Uh, the first he does the, he doesn't first kill uh, any of the people who who killed Misha. He actually uh, there's this butcher at a market who makes some very uh, degrading and horribly offensive remarks at Lady Mirasaki, and he finds him and kills him. And of course, you know the police start snooping around, saying, "Hey, are you a killer?" And he does his whole Hannibal Lecter thing, where he's able to pass a lie detector test and all this and this and that. I also like Gaspar de Uliel, I believe that's again how you say his name, who plays uh, Lecter. does a pretty good job. He's very intense, and it's one of those things like, ah, young Hannibal Lecter, who wants to watch this? But he really does a good job. He's he's intense. Uh, he has some great moments of uh, some serious acting moments, uh, especially with Lady Mirasaki. Uh, but then, then, of course, he has those crazy moments uh, near the end of the movie, especially when he just loses it. Um, and he really shows some range there. The woman who plays Lady Mirasaki is really good. And, of course, the, the villain. Uh, the villain, the lizard from Amazing Spider-Man 2, and I don't remember his name, can't really pronounce it that well, but uh, he's, he's pretty sick. Uh, he's, he's, he's basically like, I'm the angry German Nazi you know, fodder. So uh, he, he does as well as he can for that. I think that's a, that's a pretty decent part that he does. Uh, and the rest of the supporting cast, of course, yeah, they do fine. They do what they need to do. But I, the, one who main, the main man who shines here is Gaspard uh, there as, uh, as Hannibal Lecter. Which is good, since the movie's centered around him. So it is, uh, again, it is very good that he does a great job as Hannibal Lecter. But he starts working as a medical student a little bit into the story, and he finds this truth serum, sort of, that uh, this this uh, they give it to this Nazi who they caught, who they're, he, they're able to sort of extract this information from him. So he says, okay, I'm going to take this myself, and maybe I'll be able to remember the people who killed and ate Misha, and he does, and so he starts tracking them down one by one so that he can kill them. So he continues to do this until he finds the main guy, who's played by Rise Ephens, I believe that's how you say his name. I think I completely butchered that, but if you are familiar with superhero movies, he played the lizard in Amazing Spider-Man. He's the main Nazi leader, and he is a horrible, horrible, horrible person. Uh, he is running a sex trafficking ring out of a boat. You missed a segment? Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Oh. You can find it at WMAY.com slash arts and entertainment. You can hear the full show, some of the clips, some of the things you might not even hear on the air. Interactive appetite. Searching for a website, a window to the world. Got to get online. Take a spin. Now you're in with the techno set. You're going surfing on the internet. Thank you once again for listening in. I'll see you next week here at 11 a.m. WMAY.